Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 2 Samuel chapter 24, and man, it's the last one of 2 Samuel. I'm going to miss this one today, and if I were to give it a title, it would be No Coupons for Worship. No Coupons for Worship, and I hope that'll make sense in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for leaving your comments and for liking, sharing, subscribing it really does help out a lot as we're on our road to a thousand and we're going to get there sometime. We're going to get there. Also for all my podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. And I want to say thank you so much to this one person who I could not pronounce how you said your name, but you said that this has really encouraged you to continue reading your Bible every day. And you even had told me in an email, you said that you don't like the 15th of the month because we take a catch-up day and you don't like missing it. So thank you so much. And I would love to hear from you. If you've left us a five-star review in the past, I'd love for you to go back and review it. Tell us how you're engaging. Tell us what's working. Tell us how we can get better. And if you haven't left us one yet, it really encourages our team and also helps us get noticed more in the search engines. So thank you so much for doing that. And as always, we all gather together at the Facebook group discussion, Bible Breakdown discussion. Thank you so much for joining with us. And I want to say thank you to that team. They do such a great job, and we would not be half the team we were without it. All right? Well, if you have your Bibles... I'm going to open up with me to 2 Samuel chapter 24. It's kind of an odd ending to 2 Samuel because I'll be honest with you, I would have loved for it to end yesterday, just, just really, you know, David throwing out some love to all these people. But it ends out with a wonderful reminder that, man, even after the curtain falls, you know, at the end of it all, we're still having to work this thing out. And David makes a mistake here at the last chapter, and he has to trust God. But I love how at the end of this, he really talks about giving God something that is valuable. And it reminds me of a friend of mine told me a story one time, and that is that he and his girlfriend had been dating for a long time, and they've been talking about getting married and all this. So it wasn't like a surprise. And the surprise was one day he was taking his now wife on a date and said, why don't we go look for some rings? Well, she was so excited. And he was excited too, because... He had gotten something in the mail saying that he was going to get 40% off if he was to buy a ring from this particular jewelry store over the course of the weekend, right? And so she's excited. She gets to go look for rings. He's excited. He's going to get himself a deal. Well, as the story goes, they go and they're looking for these rings. And she was really impressed that he didn't stop her on, you know, going this ring or that ring. She was just like, well, he really loves me. He wants me to have something I like whole time he's thinking, I have got a killer coupon, so I'm going to make this happen. Well, they finally find the ring they wanted, and she was kind of panicking that it was going to be a little too expensive, but he didn't have a problem. He's like, yeah, come on. Well, when they started getting the price ready to go, instead of waiting until his now wife like wasn't there, he pulled out this big coupon, and he had another coupon as well, so he double couponed, and then he started trying to negotiate and barter with this guy to get the price down. And the more he complained about the price and the more he talked about you know, the coupons and arguing over being able to use both of them, 
At one point, his now wife got frustrated and just said, is this what I'm worth? <laughs> is You don't want to marry me unless you can get a deal? To which he was like, yeah, but I mean, I still want to marry you. And he just missed the point. She left. He was confused. And finally, he just was like, no, 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 listen. Me, I want to marry you either way. But if I can do it, at a deal. <laughs> and finally, she was like, look, you're a jerk and I love you. Let's get married. He just didn't get it. And it was about the idea that I, I want to marry you, but also I don't want to cheapen the process is what she was about. Like, like this is a sign of value to me. This is a sign of something important. Like don't halfway when it comes to showing appreciation and all this. Well, David understood this. David's a hopeless romantic anyway. Ever read the book of Psalms? I mean, yeah, he, he gets it, right? But watch what happens. First of all, David is going to make a boneheaded decision, okay? And that makes me feel so good. Makes me realize that if David makes bad decisions, it's okay if I make some bad decisions. But when it came time for him to fix it, he didn't go looking for a coupon. He gave God everything he had. And so I want to read you this, and we're going to stop along the way. And I'm curious if you would agree with David as we get toward the end. So if you have your Bibles ready, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1 says this. Once again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he caused David to harm them by taking a census. Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, the Lord told him. And so the king said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all the tribes of Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. But Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God let you live to see a hundred times as many people as there are now. But, my lord the king, why do you want to do this? But the king insisted that they take a census, so Joab and the commanders of the army went out to count the people of Israel. First, they crossed the Jordan and camped at Aor, south of the town in the valley, in the direction of Gad. Then they went to Jezir and the Gilead and to Timoth Hashemiah, and then to Dan Jahan, and then around to Sidon. And then they came to the fortress of Tyre and all the towns of the Hivites and the Canaanites. Finally, they went south to Judah as far as Beersheba. So basically, they made one big circle and came around. Having gone through the entire land for nine months and 20 days, they returned to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the people to the king. There are 800,000 capable warriors in Israel who can handle a sword and 500,000 in Judah. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. So he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking the census. Please forgive my guilt, Lord, for doing this foolish thing. Now, pause. Now, why is this a big deal? Number one, because God had told the kings to not do this. So there goes back to the question of, did God really say to him, go and do this census? Because God's not going to contradict himself. Therefore, what God's word is teaching us is because you think you hear God, doesn't necessarily mean that you do. David thought he had heard from God on this. However, God is never going to contradict himself, which automatically gives us a way you can tell if you're hearing a word from the Lord or not. The way you can tell if you're hearing a word from God is, does it contradict something that is already in his word? If it contradicts what's, his, what's already in his word, it's not from God. God will not contradict himself. 
So therefore, you can automatically throw something out. If God says you need to go have an affair on your spouse, that ain't God. <laughs> that's, that's something else. If God says you should cheat someone, you should lie to someone, you should steal, you should do anything like that. No, that's not God because God's not going to do that. And so in this case, he felt like he heard from God, but actually he didn't because God's not going to contradict himself. So something happened there that messed things up. But at the same time, God let him do this because he had a reason And we're about to find out. Verse 11 says this. The next morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, who was David's seer. In other words, his prophet. And this was the message. Go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments and I will inflict it on you. So Gad came to David and asked him, will you choose three years of famine throughout your land? three months of fleeing from your enemies, or three days of severe plague throughout the land. Think this over and decide what answer I should give to the Lord who sent me. Now pause. Now I wonder, which would you do? Would you do three years of famine, three months of basically your enemies beating you up, or three days of a plague? It's a very hard one. None of them are good, right? Let's see what happens. The Bible says, I'm in a desperate situation, David replied to Gad. But let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel that morning, and it lasted for three days. A total of 70,000 people died throughout the nation, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. But as the angel was preparing to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop! This is enough. That moment, the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. When David saw the angel, he said to the Lord, I am the one who has sinned and done wrong, but these people are innocent as sheep. As uh, What have they done? Let your anger fall against me and my family. And here it is. That day, Gad came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up to, uh, to do what the Lord had commanded him. And when Aruna saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord the king? Aruna asked. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there, so that he may stop the plague. Take it, my lord the king, and use it as you wish, Aruna said to David. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing floor and the ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it to you. Your majesty, you may, you, well, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. Wow. Can you imagine how terrifying that must have been for David to have done something wrong, for his people to pay the price, 70,000 people die, and now the Lord has told him, build an altar to me, repent, and I'll stop this. Well, now is an opportunity. You, know, you could be like my friend, you know, I was telling you earlier, he's like, hey, I got an opportunity, but I'm going to save some money in the process. <laughs> or David's like, no, 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 no. I am not going to try to work out a deal with God. 
I'm not going to try to, to get around this any kind of way. I'm going all in. And I'm going to give God everything I have because that's what he's worthy of. You know, a lot of times in life, we can do that, can't we? We can, you know, have a long day and go, you know what, God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read my Bible today. It's fine. And it truly, it is. God does understand. But is that a reason or is it just an excuse? You know, we decide we're not going to go to church on the weekend. Instead, we're going to go do something fun here, go do something over there and go, you know what? I, I don't get to see my family enough. So instead of going to church today, we're just going to, you know, stay at home today. Well, I mean, yes, that's true. You should spend time with your family. But do you want to show your family that they're more important than God is? You know, are you wanting to give God something that costs you nothing? Or are you going to sacrifice for God? Now, there's a line there. You can go overboard to the point that, you know, it becomes a point of pride for you or it becomes a legalism. But I think a lot more people are not in danger of legalism. They're more in danger of, if I can say it like this with all respect, lazy Christianity. Or they say, well, God knows. And truly he does. But God also knows what hit, what our salvation cost him, which was his very life. So I want to ask you this question as a probing question as we end this is, do you try to coupon clip your worship? Do you try to give God what's left over? Or what you just have to spare? Or you give God everything you have? I think about that when it comes to giving our tithes and our offerings. You know, there used to be this big controversy when I was growing up, and it was, do I tithe off of what I, my gross or my net? You know, do I tithe off of what I made, or do I tithe off of what I, what I get after taxes? And I remember one time this guy said, he said, why does it matter? Why, why would you want to give God less than what he deserves? Well, and I, my, my pushback was, well, I mean, but that's what I brought in. He's like, yeah, it is what you brought in, but it's not how much you made. And here's the thing. Why are you, I would say now, trying to coupon clip God? God gave you the strength to make all that money. Are you trying to now see if you can pinch pennies with God? Do you want him to do the same with you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I'll give off my gross, you know? And then that's even the thing where it's debated sometimes when it comes to giving about should we even give a tithe to the Lord anymore? You know, is it required of us in the New Testament? My pushback always on that is, why does it matter? God gave us the strength to do all the things that we do. And instead of saying, I want you to give me 90 and you keep 10, he says, I'm going to let you keep 90%. I just want you to bless me and worship me by giving me back 10%. Yes, sir. I'm glad to do it. Because I don't want to give God something that cost me nothing. And that when we think about it in our life then, then when we give God our heart, our soul, our everything, it's a small price to pay for all the things he gives us. So as we finish Second Samuel, what a wonderful journey we've been on together of watching David become king, watching him have to go through all the things he's had to go through and just all the adventures. And even now at the end of his life, he's still learning. He's still growing and he's still developing. And I don't know about you, but that's a wonderful encouragement to me to realize that no matter how far we grow and how far we go in our relationship with God, we're always growing and we're always learning. And today, I think the learning lesson for me is, God, I never want to be at the place where I'm just kind of phoning it in. I'm just trying to coupon my clip, coupon clip my way through. How was the least I can do and make it to heaven? But I want to have this lifestyle where it's, God, how close to heaven can I be and still live on earth? Let's pray together today. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are with us and that you are for us. My prayer today, God, is that we will constantly hunger to know you more and to know you fully and for you, God, to have your way in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. Well, don't forget, God's word says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16, Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. Don't forget that God's not going to quit until he makes all his promises come true in your life. I love you, and I'll see you tomorrow for Ephesians chapter 1.